do you want the year 2020 to end soon? I know we have all gone through a lot this year. I have heard from many people who told me that they have had enough of 2020 and couldn't wait for it to be over. For example, last Sunday, we had uh, the return to our normal time uh, when the daylight saving time was ended. And as a result of this falling back, we have an extra hour. Uh, but some people told me, you know, I don't want that. No, thanks. Um, I, 2020 is really enough. I don't want any extra hour of 2020. That's okay. I, I don't need that. Um, the good news is that 2020 will end. Um, also, what is also coming to an end pretty soon is our liturgical year. Uh, we are now, today, on the second last Sunday of this liturgical year. And towards the end of this liturgical year, the church is directing our attention to the end of the world. Yes, all things in this world will come to an end eventually. And in today's gospel, Jesus reveals to us how the end of the world as we know it will be like. It is not doom and gloom. Rather, it's a very positive thing. It's full of hope. Why is that? Because he likens the end of the world to a big celebration, a big wedding banquet. And we are all invited to be a part of this huge celebration, which is the good news. And we will be united with him and all the loved ones forever in a place that is full of light, full of life, and full of laughter, full of joy. And Jesus is going to take the entire church to himself with an everlasting love. He will be inseparable from the church, like a husband and a wife, or a bride and a bridegroom. It's a very beautiful and very hopeful image, and it's something actually we can look forward to. But what I found also interesting in this parable is the difference between the wise virgins and the foolish virgins. Uh, one very apparent difference is that one had enough oil, or one group had enough oil, and the other group didn't. Um, so what does this oil symbolize? What is Jesus referring to? Well, in the history of the church, different church fathers uh, have come up with different interpretations of what this oil means, what this oil um, signifies. For example, St. Augustine says that the oil represents charity or love or compassion. And because of this, it gives rise to the, the light of our good works, which is visible to everybody. St. John Chrysostom um, has a similar idea. He says that the oil is kind of like mercy or, or um, compassion. And again, uh, the flame that we can see uh, is what gives rise, is what the oil gives rise to, which is the works of mercy. St. Jerome, on the other hand, um, had a different idea. Uh, he says that the oil is rather the good work, um, and the flame is the faith, because the good work let people see our faith. Origen, another early church writer, uh, said that the oil symbolizes the justice or the rectitude of the correct doctrine or church teaching. Um, some others say that the oil symbolizes the joy or the contentment uh, in our heart 
as opposed to an outward glory or, or outward show. But to synthesize all these opinions, we could probably say that the wise virgins refer to people who have the right teaching in their heart, they seek their inner perfection, inner joy, and they have compassion and charity in their hearts. And as a result, they do good works, they do works of mercy, and we can see their faith pretty evidently. But I think more fundamentally, the difference between the wise virgins and the foolish virgins is that the wise virgins have, um, have wisdom. That's quite why they're called wise, right? Um, so what is wisdom? Wisdom is one of the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit, uh, which we receive at our baptism and um, comes to a perfection at our confirmation. It is the ability to make a right judgment about the things of God, and with that insight to make a judgment, a right judgment on how to conduct human affairs according to this divine truth. And as a result, it is a perfection of our intellect because we need our intellect to know what is right and wrong and decide what to do um, about what we know. And as a result as well, um, wisdom, this gift of wisdom, supports all the virtues and it helps us to live a virtuous life. But in the meantime, uh, the gift of wisdom also presupposes that we already live a virtuous life because sin diminishes uh, the gift of Holy Spirit and, and therefore it diminishes our wisdom. And um, most importantly, it depends on our love of God. Because when we love God, we will desire to do the right thing because of God, because of our love for God. And um, God in turn helps us to give us the wisdom to do the right thing. Um, God is very generous in giving us wisdom if only we ask. And today's first reading tells us that the wisdom is right around the corner for us to find, for whoever wants to find the wisdom. So if having considered what is wisdom, let me show, share with you some wisdom of how we can keep this oil coming, keep a plenty, um, plenty supply of this oil and keep our lamp shining bright. First of all, um, some divine wisdom. We need to pray. We need to pray for a, um, a growth of virtues. We need to pray for a greater share of the Holy Spirit. And as I said, God is very, very generous. If only we pray. And we need to act with compassion, as I mentioned, act with mercy and do works of mercy. And if we fail, if we fail to love perfectly, let's come back to God through the, the sacrament of reconciliation. Also, very importantly, um, be nourished by the Eucharist, because the Eucharist is the source and summit of our Christian life. It is the source of life. And so it is definitely a great nourishment for us to keep the oil coming, as it were. And then a little bit of human wisdom. Have you considered why these foolish virgins procrastinate? You know, if they just had, had they just gone out a lot earlier, uh, when, immediately when they realized they might not have enough oil, to get some oil, they, I think they would be a lot better off, right? So a lot of psychologists have done research into the phenomenon of procrastination. So why do we procrastinate? 
they believe that it's because we often have this disconnection uh, between ourselves in the present and ourselves in the future. In other words, we have a hard time um, envisioning what we will be like in the future. And as a result, we can easily put things off to the future and let future take care of itself. Unfortunately, the future doesn't take care of itself, as we can see from what, happened, uh, what happens to the foolish virgins. The future definitely does not take care of them. So the more connected we are to ourselves in the future, uh, the more we can see ourselves or picture ourselves in the future, um, the more motivated we are to make provisions and prepare ourselves for the future. So one suggestion is, you know, envision yourself in this heavenly banquet, in this banquet that will never end, where you are united with all of loved, your loved ones and with Jesus Christ forever in this place that is full of light, full of joy, full of life, and where you find the deepest fulfillment. So if you can see yourself in that happy place and you know um, how to prepare for that, to be, to be invited into that place, you will start to make provisions accordingly. So as it were, if we have the oil on hand with the light, the lamp shining brightly, we can have the peace of mind that whenever Jesus Christ appears to us, we'll be led into this heavenly banquet. And we don't know when he will come, but we know that he is coming. We, will, we know that he is coming for sure. But having this assurance and this hope, I think are exactly what we need in this tumultuous year of 2020. And we can have this sense of serenity and tranquility that we can even afford to take a nap 